Amen. Thank you, Colin. Not sure what to do. I've got this feeling that someone here today, right now, needs to pray. I know it's out of the ordinary. Maybe, I don't know if I'm right or not, but I just have this this feeling that someone sitting here today needs to come here and pray right now. There's something that is weighing heavy on your heart. And you need to bring it to the Lord right now. Is there anybody? Is that you? Stand up right where you are and come and I'd love to pray for you right now. Anybody? Is it you? Perhaps that's it, Lord. We all need your touch today. Somebody say amen. Amen. The truth be known, Father, we should all come right now. I can't get away from maybe, maybe one person. Just one person. It's desperately struggling right now. Lord, I just ask that you would fill this place. We come here, many of us, every week, week after week, after week, after week. And in some cases, nothing seems to change. Yet we read in your word, Father, that you are a transforming God. So whoever it is, Lord, that you've placed on my heart today, would you rest upon them right now, Lord? Right now, Father. May they sense you with them. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you say that with me? Come, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, We talked about what does it mean to be part of the body of Christ. (laughs) See, this this is important to me. It, It means something to me as I try to figure out what does it mean for me to be part of the body of Christ. 
You know why it's important? Because as I read the scriptures, Acts, for example, as I study church history, the body of Christ was alive and powerful and nothing could stop them. Not Rome. Not the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages. Not the Soviet Union. Nothing could stop them. And it seems to me that these days, it just feels like we're stopped. Have you felt like that? So what does it mean? What does it mean? To be part of the body of Christ. Does it make any difference for you and for me to be part of the body of Christ? Is there any power in that anymore? We asked that question last week and we're going to ask it again next week. This three little three Sunday series on what does it mean to be part of the body of Christ next week. We're going to ask it again, and we're going to look at next week, Ephesians chapter 4. So this week we ask again, what does it mean to be part of the body of Christ? Last week when we asked that question, we came up with two answers. The first answer was, what does it mean to be part of the body of Christ? It means to love God with all your heart. As you look through this book of Acts, as you look through church history down through the ages when the body of Christ was strong and powerful, you can't miss this. They loved God with all their heart. There was nothing more important in this world than Him. Brothers and sisters, that's it. Close the book. Say the benediction. We're out of here. That's it. Love God. With all your heart. I mean, really. Not just say it. Do it. We also said last week what it means to be part of the body of Christ is that when we love God with all of our heart, it impacts our lives on a daily basis. And and we, we find ourselves, when we love God with all of our heart, we find ourselves loving and serving others. It's just the way it is. It's what happens when the body of Christ gets it. We can't help ourselves. We love and serve each other in such a way that it draws people to Christ. Isn't that cool? I also said last week, seems to me you can boil down those two, loving God with all your heart and when we do that, we love and serve each other. It seems like you could, you could boil all that down to four words. I belong to God. It seems like that works. I belong to God. I mean, in a way that changes me. It's not the affiliation with God. No, it's not that I'm kind of there. It's not that I talk about being with God, and then I run my own life. No, no, no. It's, it's, the, it's the real fact 
in my life that's recognizable, I belong to God. Everybody knows it. I don't even have to say it. Everybody knows it. Hey, you know what? You remind me of those folks that claim to follow Jesus. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, you remind me of them. You remind me of, uh, of what I read in the Sermon on the Mount. Really? Yeah, I do. Really? Is that? Well, praise God. I belong to God completely, totally, without reservation, not throwing in a qualification there from my side every now and then. No, 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 no. I totally belong to God. God, I want you to know something today. I am all yours. I know that that's a a, a tough statement. I know that that's putting myself out there, Lord. I know that there's responsibility to that and expectation from your part when I say that. But God, I'm okay with that. I am all yours. Can you say that this morning? What would happen? What would happen in this body of Christ if we talked like we belonged to God? If we walked like we belonged to God, and if we lived like we belonged to God, I mean, really belonged to God, what would this body of Christ look like? Do you know what would happen? We would change our world. Do you know how I know that? Because it's happened time and time and time and time again through the ages. When the body of Christ loves God with all your heart. You know what would happen if we became the true body of Christ? You know what would happen? Book of Acts type stuff would happen. Oh yeah, it would. Same God. Same God. Book of Acts type stuff. First century change their world type stuff would happen right here. Among us. Now let me ask you something. Wouldn't you want to be part of that? Does that sound like something you say, hey, I'd love to be part of that. The good news today is you can. It all depends on you and me. You see, for us to be truly the body of Christ, it depends on you. Are you, brother, Sister, now listen, answer this for me. Are you really loving God with all your heart? I mean in a way that transforms your life, that changes your priorities, that really makes people know that this is who I am. I'm all about loving God with all my heart. Let me ask you, brother, sister, do you love God with all your heart? You know, you know the answer. You see, because for us to be the body of Christ, truly the body of Christ, you have to love God with all your heart. No more playing around. You know what? We don't have time for playing around anymore. Time is short. We don't have time for playing church anymore. It's past that. We've done that. Been there. Done that. It's time for you to truly Love God with all your heart. Enough said. 
man, I didn't plan to say half that, but... You see, God has a plan for the body of Christ. He has this plan. And he wants to use us. Now, I don't know why he chooses us. God, you know what? It'd be better if you just did it all yourself. I mean, you're God after all. Wouldn't it be great if he just do it himself? If God would come down, maybe send his son <laughs> again. And maybe we have a neighbor that needs to find Christ. God, that neighbor needs to find Christ. And he'd send Jesus. And Jesus would walk over, sit down in the kitchen table with your neighbor and do Jesus stuff. You know, that cool stuff. You know, maybe he'll turn some water into wine in there. Or maybe he'd say, wine into water. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe he'll do some cool stuff in the family and they'll say, we want to follow you. And you'll say, thank you, God, for saving my neighbor. No, 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 no. You know what God does? Lord, my neighbor needs to find Christ. Tap, 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 tap. Go talk to him. (sighs) (sighs) Hey, you know your paper was over in my yard. I just thought I'd bring it to you. (laughs) Uh, You know... That's the plan. The plan is for God to use us. That's His plan. He he loves all of us so much that He wants to use us to save the world. Father, I love You. Will You use me? Here I am, Lord. Use me. What does it mean to be part of the body of Christ? Well, back in the first century, we've used this passage of Scripture before. It's just a snapshot of what the body of Christ looks like. We've used it before. Matter of fact, I preached a series of sermons on this, went about, about verse by verse. But I want to look at it again. It's one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and I've got many of them. But it's one of my favorite passages of Scripture because every time I read it, I think when I get down to verse 47, I think to myself, I want to be part of that. It's Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. It's just a little picture of what the church was in the first century. Those Christ followers, they weren't even called the church yet. They were just people Following Christ. Doing it together. Following Christ. It's this nice, nice. It's this powerful picture of what it meant for them to be part of the body of Christ. Uh, Let me read that for you. I love reading it. Will you let me read it? Can I read it for us? Thank you very much. Follow along as I read. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. They those Christ followers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he or she had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their 
homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Verse 47, this is where I say I want to be part of that. And praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord, hey, read this with me, will you? And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Woo! Sign me up for that. That's what I want to be. I want to be part of that. You know what the good news is? We can be part of that. It can happen right here with this body of Christ. It's God's plan. But you've got to love God with all your heart. See, there's some interesting, obvious things going on here in this Scripture. Last Sunday was kind of the overarching, this is really what it's all about message. Today is a little bit more practical. Some practical things. How it looks like to be part of of the body of Christ. It seems obvious to me that these folks got it. They understood how to be part of the body of Christ. It seems to me that they did. That Their lifestyle proved it every day and the world around them noticed. What does it mean to be part of the body of Christ? Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. See, here's a group of human beings, just like you and me. Did did you understand that? People in the Bible were made just like you. I mean, ouch, that hurt them too. You cut yourself shaving. Did they shave? Guess they didn't. But anyway, if they would have, they would have bled just like us. See, those folks that we're talking about were just like us. Except, we have a whole lot more going for us than they did. It seems obvious to me that this is a group of human beings created in the image of God, truly living their lives in the body of Christ. And as we see this, as we look at this picture, it's a beautiful thing to watch, and it's even better to participate in. The body of Christ. You know, brothers and sisters, sometimes I feel like a a racehorse in the gate. I feel like, you know, they cram those horses in the gate and they close the gate behind. And then the horse is supposed to wait patiently until the bell goes off. And, you know, they're kind of jumping up and down there. Open the gate. Open the gate. Open the gate. That's what they're saying. The, 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 The jockey's saying, be patient, be patient. Open the gate. Open the gate. That's what I feel like sometimes when the body of Christ, I'm saying, come on, let's go. There's so much more potential wrapped up for you and me. I get, I get so anxious. Do we realize that this stuff I'm talking about could change our world? Now, by a show of hands, you don't need to raise your hand. How many would like to change your world? I mean, everybody would. Everybody would. How are we going to do that? Love God with all your heart. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. Well, what is happening in this passage of Scripture? Some practical things that happened in these people's lives. The first thing that happened, just not necessarily in this order, but the first thing that was happened is this body of Christ, <laughs> get this, brace yourself, they shared their stuff. The body of Christ shared their stuff. 
Oh, yes, it means money, but it means a whole lot more. It's their stuff. They just shared it. And there's something that you recognize as you look all the way through the, the, the centuries about the body of Christ. It happens every time the body is truly being the body of Christ. It happens every time they share their stuff. You see, God has so impacted their lives. God has so transformed them that what they have is no longer theirs. They don't consider what they have theirs. They consider it now at his disposal. Whatever has my name on it is yours, God. It's just yours. I'll take care of it till you ask for it. But when you ask for it, I'm giving it. See, the first century church, one of the marks that they got it was they shared their stuff. Why? Because they trusted God. I might not think humanly that I can do without this. I might not think that I can give 10% of my income to God. But you see, I'm thinking in heavenly terms now. I'm a kingdom person now. And so I'm trying to be all that you want me to be, Lord, in every aspect of life. I'm not holding anything back. I'm not saying yes here, yes here, and no here. I'm saying a blanket yes. And that includes my stuff. That's what's in your bank account. That's what's in your garage. That's what's in your attic. That's what's all through your house. Anything that you have is his. Somebody want to say amen to that? Because that is the gospel truth. And yet we hold on to it. This is not the picture of the body of Christ. This is. The picture of the body of Christ. Well, Pastor Chuck, I can't do that because I'm over my eyeballs in debt. That is one of the biggest ways Satan has corrupted the body of Christ. To allow us or to motivate us by the society around us to get way too far in debt. And then we can't be like this. What do we do, Pastor Chuck? First thing you do is get out of debt. Can't do it. Yes, you can. Because with my God... Now, did, did, did you say all things? Does that include this heavy, impossible debt that I'm under? I mean, does that include it when you say all things? I just want to make sure. All things are possible. Listen, it might take time. It will take time. It'll take some struggle. Yes, it will. It won't be easy. Absolutely not. But it is possible if you start today and get on the road to getting out of debt. Now, think with me now. If you got out of debt, could you just imagine? Can you imagine the feeling of freedom that you would feel? Can you imagine how your family would be set free? Everybody would like to be out of debt. How do you do that? Change your priorities. You start and say, okay, God, I'm going to start, for example, I'm going to go to Dave Ramsey. I know he's not the only, the only guy out there, but, you know, it's down at the church. We do it every now and then. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go do it. And then I'm going to put into practice the biblical principles that he talks about. The biblical principles that he talks about. And then over time... 
It could take five years. But what better five years span to, to spend than, than to get out of debt? And you get to year six, and it's, I'm free. Now I can be like this. Get out of debt if you want to be the body of Christ and share your stuff. Or perhaps for you, you need to downsize. Pardon me for meddling. You need to downsize. To be honest with you, Pastor Carl and I have been talking about this. What does it mean for us? We've got this big house, no girls, and a dog. The dog doesn't need all the space, I guarantee you. So I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't know. Yeah, we, 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 we're doing okay with the mortgage, but, you know, is it? Does it please you, Father? You see, because unlike this, is there anything that's standing in my way of being all that you want me to, to be as far as my stuff is concerned? So perhaps for some of you, it's downsizing. How about that car you drive? Can you handle the payments? I mean, you don't need that car. What you need is to be the person that God is calling you to be and say, God, it's all yours. Well, if it's all mine, you've got to downsize the car. Pardon me for meddling. You see what I'm saying, folks? We have an opportunity here, those of us right here at Grace Point, to truly be the body of Christ and to change our world. But before we do it, or until we can get there, some of us, maybe many of us, have to change our priorities absolutely change our priorities. Get out of debt. God help us. Maybe downsize. Who knows? Basically, what we're talking about is simplifying our lives. This is what it's all about, God. Let me just say to you, you remember we did... (laughs) I love. We did some surveys about two months, a few months ago. Remember those surveys that we asked you to do? Somebody wrote on a survey. I don't know who it is. That's the beauty of it. It's anonymous. Somebody wrote on the survey. One person said, Pastor Chuck talks about money too much. So what did I do? I looked back on five years of sermons. I wanted to see if he was right. Or she. I don't know. Whoever it was. Let's see if they were right. In five years, I preached three, maybe four sermons on anything close to tithing. Four sermons, five years. So I thought, Pastor Chuck talks about money too much? And then I felt like I felt myself feeling good because I thought, hey, I'm in good company. Do you know there's over 800 passages of Scripture in the Bible about money, possessions, and stuff? God talks a lot about money, too. I said, hey, God, you and I are in good company. Praise your name. Why do we talk about money? Because, because, among other things, what you do with your money is one of the best indicators on whether you trust God or not. What you do with your money is one of the best indicators on whether you belong to God or not. What you do with your money is one of the best indicators on whether you love God with all your heart or not. God doesn't need your money. You need to give Him your money. It's an act of worship. Some churches 
They put the they put the plates in the back. They put a box in the back, and on your way out, if you want to. And I'm not I'm not against that. That's fine. For me, I want to worship. I want to put something in the plate and say, God, this is me saying thank you. It's an act of worship. Move on, Pastor Chuck. Okay. I'm just trying to make that guy right. Talk about money too much. Or girl, whoever it was. The body of Christ shares their stuff. Another thing that the body of Christ did, or does, is they share their time. It says, and they share their time. In verse 46, it says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. You could even say verse 42 is sharing their time. They devoted themselves to the things of God. You see, brothers and sisters, your time, when you give yourself to God, and I open my life to Him, your time is not your own anymore. It's just like your stuff. It's God's. My time. See, I've got on my schedule, for example, today I'm going over here, and I'm going to do this. And I'm getting all ready to go over there and do that. And on my way, God says, no, that's not bad. But I have another plan today for you. I want you to go over here and do this. And if I'm a faithful follower of Christ, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go over here and do this. What if that person gets upset with me for not coming? I apologize because I'm beholden to him, not him. My time belongs to you. That means our time around here and out there. Around here in this body of Christ, Pastor Trey and Pastor Ryan and Pastor Rex and Pastor Carla should never have to ask for a volunteer. Every person that is a regular attender of this body of Christ should be doing something. It's just the way we share our time. It's like this. Pastor Edgar, she, he should be saying, no, you know what, the platform's too full. We can't, we can't, I'm sorry, can you wait until someone moves away or dies or something? Because, you know, it's just too full. That, that's what should be happening in this body of Christ. Our time, you see, the world has shaped us into the, its mold so that we are on their time schedule. And God says, no, you're on my schedule. Share your time. And then out there, the time, it's going from to here and saying, no, God, I, God wants me to go over here. It's my time is yours. People in the first century, those first century followers of Christ, they shared their stuff. They shared their time. And probably, at least as important, I was going to say most important, you know what they did? They shared their faith. Every day. It was what they did. They shared their faith. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. By the fact that they let God have their stuff, shared their faith. By the fact that they let God rule their time, their schedule, shared their faith. But they also were were conscious of the fact that there were people around them that hadn't been blessed to come to God yet come to Christ. They're always looking for ways to share their faith. Do you? Let me ask you a question. When's the last time you, I'm talking about you, when's the last time you helped someone personally come to know Jesus as their personal Savior? 
I'm talking about you, member of the body of Christ. Has it been years? Has it been ever? In this place, it should be, we should say at least, last year. Because as a member of, or a regular attender of this body of Christ, we ought to, all of us, every one of us, even you, all of us, ought to bring at least one person to Christ every year. Somebody say amen. You've got a whole year to work on it. And it's not up to you anyway. It's, I'm available. God, you move. I'm going over here. He says, go over here. Okay. Speak to that person. Don't take them the paper this time. Go sit on their porch and talk to them about their life. Ask them. Is there something I can pray for you about? Start inviting Jesus into your conversations. What's it mean, Pastor Chuck, to be part, to be a member of Grace Point? It means we're all looking for opportunities to share our faith. Carl and I, I hesitated to share this because it's not about me. It's not about me. It's just an example. Please just take this as an example because <clears throat> I don't always do this myself. Carl and I, every Monday, it's our date, date, uh, date day, whatever. Our date is we go out to lunch and then we go shopping at Walmart every Monday. I push the cart. Because she doesn't want me grabbing stuff off the shelf. She's, you push the cart. Go down. Nope. Hey, come this way. Come this way. See, I follow God and Carla. And it's, it's not always in that order, I must say. <clears throat> so I'm pushing the cart. Well, we're finished. We, we, fit, we, ate, we ate lunch. Went to Walmart. We're leaving Walmart. We're driving back toward 469, past Wendy's there. And right there at the stop sign... There's this young girl standing there with a sign. And the sign said, Stranded, need money to get home. I asked her if I could have her sign. I drove by that girl, turned the corner, drove toward 469. (laughs) And we just, Carla and I just looked at each other. And I said, we're going back, aren't we? I said, yeah, we're going back. Turned around, went back. Carla got out of the car. Now, you understand me when I say I wouldn't have done this if Carla wasn't with me, the 24-year-old young girl. Carla gets out of the car. We parked in Wendy's. Carla gets out of the car and goes over and talks to her. Her name's Marissa. Marissa got to Fort Wayne, and her boyfriend dumped her. She's from New York. Didn't have any money. She was standing there by the street corner. Looked like our daughter, Christy. And we thought, you know, if that was our daughter, wouldn't we want somebody to stop and help her? So Carla went up and talked to her and said, you know, we'll help you. So we got her in the car, took her to lunch. She said, I just need a bus ticket to go home. So we thought that, you know, Grace Point would probably want to help this girl. So we bought her a ticket. We were with her about three hours. Her name is Marissa. She said, just drop me off back at Walmart. The people that I stayed with are kind of friends of mine. It's my suitcase. They'll pick me up after work. Just really, it's okay. Just drop me off back at Walmart. So we stopped the car. And I turned around to her in the back seat and I said, Marissa, has anybody ever prayed for you? And she said, I, I don't think so. I said, would you mind if I just pray for you? 
And I prayed. It was just a little prayer. And Marissa was crying in the back seat. She said, nobody's ever prayed for me like that before. So she gets out of the car, and Carla gets out of the car, and she just gives Carla a huge hug, starts to walk away, turns back, gives Carla another huge hug. I stayed in the car. And she was gone. Carla gave her her card, wrote on the back. She's from New York City, and there's a, there's a church in New York City that we know about. Pastor Rex has taken groups there from our church to go help them before. We, we told her, her the name of the church and said, these people, they'll love you, they'll care for you. It's an inner city church, and there's a vibrant church. I said, Marissa, she said, how can I repay you? How can I repay you? I said, Marissa, you can repay us by going to, to, to this church just once. Just try it out. She said, I'll call you or text you when I get back to New York. I haven't heard from her yet. This was a couple weeks ago. It wasn't convenient for us to do that. You know, I said we've been to Walmart, and I had these Weight Watchers fudge sickles. <clears throat> and it was three hours. But you know what happened? Every time I got one of those out, I remembered Marissa. It was a weird kind of a can't-find-the-stick thing. It was. I thought of Marissa every time and prayed for her. This morning, would you mind me pausing and praying for Marissa? Lord, I don't know where she is. I know her life was a mess. And somehow, Lord, you, you, you sent us across her path. What was that all about, Father? So, Lord, I just pray now, right now, that you would speak to Marissa. Lord, help her to find her way to some church. Help her to accept you as a personal Savior. And, Lord, would you lead all of us in the way that you want us to go? In Jesus' name, amen. See, brothers and sisters, the body of Christ is a beautiful thing. You know what we need? You know what we need, brothers and sisters? We need to be revived again, don't we? We need God to revive us again. So let's stand in closing and pray that He would revive us. Let's sing this together.